Do you know about Acker Wines? It's America's oldest wine shop and the world's largest fine wine auction house. Their weekly web auction is all the rage right now with thousands of new bottles available every week with all types of great stuff ready for drinking with prices starting at $20. That's right, 20 bucks. With hundreds of selections for less than $100 every month, there are tons of wines to choose from. If you're looking for fun, new or aged bottles to try, each week brings a new assortment of the world's finest and rarest wines, often in try them out sizes. Also, there's no reason not to be buying at auction, especially when the finds are this good. In addition, the retail store is stocked with thousands of items to choose from, including lots of cutting-edge stuff. Go to ackerwines.com to get in on the action and take your cellar and drinking habits to the next level. That's ackerwines, A-C-K-E-R, wines.com. Use the promo code BWG25 to get $25 off any purchase of $100 or more. Retail only. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is celebrated New York Psalm Marquita Levy. Uh, Marquita was featured in a New York Times article written by Eric Azamoff. Uh, that was a spot on or a feature on Black Wine Professionals. She was also one of the consulting sommeliers for Wine and Spirits October issue on rising black stars in the world of wine. Uh, Marquita discovered her passion for wine while waiting tables to support her dance career. Uh, wine became her main focus upon retiring from dance in 2002 as she went on to receive her vinification and viticulture certificate and pen in 2004 from the American Somali Association. She has worked at many restaurants including Indochine, Al Dila, Jean Georges, Calicchio and Sons, Lure Fish Bar, Bowery Meat Company and Waverly Inn. Currently, she is a SOM at Red Hook Winery in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, and she is working with Jeff Porter, who is the mind behind Sip Trip Italy on his new wine distribution company, Volcanic Selections. Uh, welcome, Marquita. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just a shout out to my Chef's Club family. Um, I love you all so much. And um, congratulations to Ashley on your marriage. And shout out to Jano and JR. And mom, I promise, um, I'm not going to use too many curses. It's my fault, uh, <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Mom. It'll be my fault. One more shout out to the Scorpio with whom life does not exist. Okay. <laughs> Wow. So Marquita and I connected through, wait for it, 
Instagram, um, you know, some, you know, people come across your radar and uh, started following her account and uh, just great feed. And I was like, wow, she's got a lot of dope stuff going on. She hangs with dope people and drinks dope wine and does dope shit. Like, I was like, her life's kind of dope. It would be dope if I had her on the podcast. So here we are. So um, tell us what wine you brought and what are we drinking this evening? Uh, we are drinking the E Fabri Chianti Classico 2018 from winemaker Susanna Grazzi. And um, it is actually in fiasco. Um, so even though it's bottled in 750, um, Jeff asked her to um, bottle it in this very traditional fiasco of Trattoria fame of candles after the bottle gets emptied and also of Bowfinger fame. <laughs> um, so it's for you guys you know um, <laughs> at some point I'm going to get all these videos up on YouTube but in the clip you'll see for you know for those who are listening if you don't catch a clip on Instagram it's that old school if there's an Italian movie it's it's the bottle Lady in the Tramp that has like uh, the, the, the basket around it and uh, and you know thank you for reminding me and this was actually called a fiasco this type of bottle um which just took me back to the old Bonnie Dune, uh, El Fiasco, Sangiovese. Um, you guys know I love Calitalis, but um, <clears throat> I do. Um, but super fun, and uh, and and it's just old school Chianti Classico. Um, this is delicious alone, but you know, obviously, it would go great with charcuterie or any or any Italian meal um, or a burger. I mean, come on, Chianti. Um, so. Oh my God, we got to get going because we have so little time and you have such a wide <laughs> array of talents and passions. Um, but I want to start at the beginning. You were born in Chicago and raised in Evanston, Illinois. Is that yes, correct? Yes, absolutely. What? Okay, so I've been to Chicago and, and is, is there a university? What's in Evanston? Northwestern. Northwestern, okay. Yes. Okay. So what was it like growing up in, in, in uh, like that college town, that Chicago metro area? Actually, Sh Evanston is kind of what the American dream is based on. There's only one high school in the city, and so everyone goes there. So I went to one, one of the largest high schools. It's actually the largest high school campus in the United States. Um, we, we have a planetarium. We have 14 gyms. Sounds like a John Hughes we have, movie. Oh, oh and, and half my class actually were in all of those movies. <laughs> Um, the house that, um, from 16 Candles is my sister's, uh, my lay sister's best friend's house. Um, so it's just crazy. Um, and of course I, John Cusack is one year ahead of me. Um, so Wait, he I, went to your I, high school? Yeah. I went Shut to- Shut the front they door. They were Shut all- Shut the fuck up. Um, Joan was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, Jeremy Piven was there. Oh my God! So this is crazy because like now this like this this could this might not even be about wine. This might be about eighties movies and music, guys. Because <laughs> Depeche Mode. <laughs> but that's crazy. I'm just like spitballing and threw that out there, and I was like, it sounds like a John Hughes movie, and it turns out like it is it exactly was. like a John Hughes movie. And you know what's crazy? When I worked, when I, I could just not because he's passed, unfortunately. John Hughes, rest in peace. Uh, he was a client. Uh, uh, my buddy used to wait on him at Acker, and he, like he was, and he was a super nice guy, and he just like my buddy, my buddy Cliff. Cliff getting mad shout outs in a lot of podcasts, but Cliff is just like the regular guy, like cause he likes hockey. So John, he was like he didn't, 
he didn't talk about bricks and acidity. He's like, yeah, this is a good wine. You know, so, um, uh, wow. Oh, like my God. Evanston Township High School is literally like the best thing that I like enjoyed. I enjoyed high school. Wow. Um, all four years. Um, I still have a very close-knit group of friends from high school. Um, and uh, there's like Philippe Andre actually went to high school, went to ETHS. What? Cassidy Cooper went to ETHS. So, you know, we're just churning out psalms. Damn. <laughs> psalms and, it was, and movie stars. <laughs> and it's what... High school, it's what public education is supposed to be, yeah. where you can go and get literally the best education um, possible. That, that, see, it, 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 but you know, stuff that makes sense just is hard to get across to people. Like, you know, vaccinations, <laughs> uh, you know, like putting the mask over your nose. I mean, I don't know, but, but no, I agree. I agree because I worked in public education and I see where I went to high school, kind of like in the suburbs like you versus kids I work with in inner city in Newark and it was just night and day. Um, but uh, I digress. We're going to get back to uh, to, <laughs> to growing up. So um, I, I believe you're, uh, I always met, uh, Pan, Pan, Panamania? Yes. Okay. How, yes. How, how, how do you say that? Uh, Panamania. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what kind of food were you exposed to growing up? Um, well, my mother is African American. Um, when after they got married, they so went on their chicken, honeymoon. Cornbread, collard greens, standard, all of it. Standard, 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 standard. Black mama food. But she went to the, over the summer. They went to Panama, and she uh, met the family. But also, she went there to learn how to cook for her husband. Oh. And uh, so my mother makes the best sancocho. She makes the best fish eye soup. She actually makes the best Jamaican patties. Um, in the suburbs of Evanston, <laughs> even though she is not Jamaican, her patties were killer. Um, greens, Brussels sprouts, macaroni and cheese, fried chicken, where she actually gets a whole chicken and butchers it, and with the with the bag. Oh yeah, you gotta have. Listen, brown paper bag. <sighs> put your season your seasoned flour in there and you shake it up. Barbecued ribs, just really. She, my mom is a fantastic cook. She's a fantastic You're cook. You're making me hungry. Like just Thanksgiving, like. amazing. So I, I can see, we'll get to this down the line, but I can see why you have a love of food for sure. Um, so I read somewhere that you... Went to where fun goes to die for your degree. Um, so, <laughs> so for you, I don't know. Uh, actually, so I read you got your BA in political science from the University of Chicago. The University of Chicago is known as where fun goes to die, which I can't believe because you went there. But um, BA in political science, uh, were, were, law school? Uh, that was the original plan. The okay. original plan was I was going to change the world. I was going to revolutionize education reform. And so I was actually going to go to law school because a lot of the problems with legislation is legal. 
And uh, then I was going to also get a PhD in history, and I was going to introduce humanities to the entire United States as part of their curriculum, and uh, yeah, dancing. Okay, so I was going to say, so then how did dance dancing come into that. the picture? I was like, so how did you went to a party or you saw a house? You know, and my father was so upset. He's like, I don't know, where'd you get this idea? And I was like, um, I don't know. When I was four, you told me I could be the president of the United States. You put me in the dance class. You put me in front of a piano. You put me in the soccer. You <laughs> took me to the library. You, you took me to the museums. You took me here. You told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. And now I'm doing whatever I wanted to do. And how are you upset? You, you told me that failure was part of success and that you had to work hard. Crickets. My dad hasn't won an argument with me since 1986, <clears throat> since my freshman year in, in college. That's what you get for sending me to where fun goes to die. <laughs> so so did you, uh, did, did they have a dance program there? Or were you, or you dancing they outside of the studio? What was did. like, yeah. Well, they didn't, but they had a dance club, and it was through the, <laughs> the physical education department. Uh, they have a dance major there now, uh, but it was run by Jan Eckert. And she was a choreographer in Chicago. And her teaching dance classes at the University of Chicago was the way for her to basically train dancers and teach. Um, but I've been dancing since I was four years old. Okay. Um, I trained at Gus Giordano um, in Evanston. Um, I took classes um, at Studio One with Nancy Newell, who was my tap teacher. So it's something that I love to do. Um, and I actually don't think I would have – I can't be smart without dance. So dance got me through college because basically dance is the hardest thing I've ever done. And if you can dance, uh, you can write a 50-page paper and turn it in two weeks late. I mean, that's just Wait, how it <laughs> I'm just, so I wanna, Get an extension I, on your BA thesis. I want to <laughs> unpack that because I do believe you can transfer. So what, what, was, uh, what was it about dance that um, gave you confidence? Like, like, like you said, like if I could do that, what was, what was so challenging for you about dance, even though you love it, that you've been able to translate it to other areas of your life? Um, the amount of discipline and work and acute attention to detail that it takes to execute movement in a sequence um, that requires such a high level of expertise to do a very simple thing. Like, for instance, um, you can't play the piano unless you learn scales, unless you learn how to play both hands, and then you continue and progress. You can't just be good at dance. You can be talented and charismatic dancer, but if you want to be a good dancer, you must train. Got it. So um, it's it's the practice, it's the training, yes. it's the discipline focus. Got like it. It's, it's not fun. Like, uh, especially when I was waiting tables and and people asked me what I did, and I was, they were just like, oh, dancing sounds like so much fun. I was like, there's nothing fun about it. You rehearse for seven <laughs> hours, you don't get paid, you jump up and down for seven hours for free, and then you jump on the chain, and then you work a 10-hour shift late, and then you do this four days in a row, um, and then you perform once or twice a year, and you're on stage for four minutes. Mm. Mm. And, and then you continue to do it, and you're in rehearsal, and you're in rehearsal, and... So the life is about the practice as opposed to the performance. Yep. Um, except 
being a psalm for me is the same as being in class where you warm up, you do isolations, you learn the combination. The first couple of times you do the combination, you kind of make a few mistakes. First time I sell a bottle, I'm just like, one of the reasons that I love the Chablis is because it's from... Um, because it's from France. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to do better next time. It's like by 730, I've, I've, gotten it, I, I've gotten it down. But first couple bottles, I'm just like, I think that Barolo is made out of, it's, it's just one grape. And that grape is Italian. It's, it's, it's not Barbera. It's, 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 it's Italian in nature. Nebbiolo. Oh, my gosh. It's Nebbiolo. And I'm just like, how do you? But it's kind of when you're doing a turn and you kind of mess up the combo. Right. And but you keep going. Right. Because cause, cause most people don't know. Like, well, like, you know you screwed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know you're off. Right? But, like, most people don't know um, when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I've, when I was selling wine, I'm like, oh, man, that was completely wrong. <laughs> but one thing that I learned... Um, at, actually, at my first job, when I when I was training to talk about food, actually, training to be a runner is why I'm able to talk about wine because you had to present the dishes and then you had to talk and you had to develop the story and make it enticing and and lovely so they fall in love with the language and the story. Um, and then you just apply that to wine and you and you kind of use the hypnotizing like. Um, late night radio voice mm -hmm. and so they're just like in swoons about the sagrantino or whatever you're talking about because they're just like oh i want to drink that <laughs> so easy. let's talk about the restaurants like you said so you were you're working in restaurants to support your dance career yes. what were some of the what was some of your first jobs in, in the in, in the restaurant industry Oh my gosh! My first job, I was a well, I was a hostess, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I worked for the Lettuce Entertain You group, and so I was a busser for about three months because I had zero experience. Um, I love polishing silver and folding napkins to this day. Really? Like like it's a Zen if thing? You, like, yes. Yeah, if you put fifty it. napkins in <laughs> front of me, I'm going to be so happy. I will fold them all. Corners, beautiful. Stack of fifty. Boom, boom, boom. I love it. I like love when it. we're slammed and I'm a manager on the floor, we need napkins. I'm in the corner. I'm like, bloop, 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 bloop. Calm. So something the, in a coffee cup. I, I'm great. Something in a coffee cup. <laughs> so um, how long did you work with that group? I worked with them for four years. Oh, wow. And now this was in, still in Chicago, right? Yes. Okay. And then what was your, like, what was your next gig? My next gig after that was actually... A restaurant in Chicago that was similar to Match in New York. Okay. And it was called Vinyl. Um, like there was a like a lounge with a DJ upstairs, and then there was the restaurant, and we were so cool and edgy. And then I moved to New York and found out how kind of country Midwestern we were. <laughs> we were trying. We were trying. Uh, you know, like as a cultural thing, I, th I find it interesting because, like, I mean, if you look. Um, I mean, Chicago is dope, though. I mean, I my grandmother grew up there, but like, I mean, our uh, America's black president came from there. Common came from there. Uh, I hate to say Kanye is from there. I mean, it, it's some pretty creative people have come out of Chicago, and 
And though I do remember even being a kid growing up, like, like you're from New York. Like it still is because I spent a lot of time in Gary, and it is still is the Midwest. So, uh, you know, we're going to digress as you talk, just because you brought up difference between Chicago and New York. What's the deal with that casserole y'all call pizza? Oh, that delicious Malnati's slash Gus, uh, Gus Giordano, Giordano's pizza, which I'm going to have in five weeks. Can't wait. It's just delicious. All that cheesy, all that beautiful sausage with the fennel, all the tomato sauce layered like this. All you need is one piece. Yeah. Do you know how many vodka cranberries you can have after one of those pieces? I, I, I do not. <laughs> 10. Probably because it's a casserole. It's not a so pizza. So you have one of those and you go to the club and you can literally have a billion margaritas <laughs> and hold it down. So your little Napolitano skinny little New York pizza, See, we you do need it, three slices. We do it the other way. We do it the other way. Like we have places open at 3 a.m. when you come out the club and you just need something to start soaking up the grease. No, no, no. That's that's the breakfast spot on Clark Street. <laughs> that's the breakfast spot. That's when you have a farmer's breakfast and then that soaks up the the other drinks that you had. No. <laughs> because, you know, you're going to do shots of Jägermeister around 3.30, right before they close, right before the after party. This is a different episode, huh, guys? <laughs> All right, so, um, so you're uh, at at what was the name of the place again? Remind me. Vinyl. Vinyl, right? Yes. Which was which is like match here. Okay, so um, what was your position at Vinyl? I was a waiter. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, first time ever waiting. No. Well, no, because you probably worked through the. the yeah. Group so there. by this time, it had been I'd been at a couple different restaurants, and this was a much more casual. Um, well, actually, it, they were doing that kind of cool vibe that you see in restaurants now, mm -hmm. uh, where they it was like an an international menu, but they had a burger, they had like a steak frites, and they had like mussels and whole fish, um, and buffalo wings, and <laughs> and then also a really nice wine list. Okay. Um, Veuve Clicquot. Um, Veuve Clicquot will never go away. It's just that orange label will always be here. Um, yeah, I can't. Don't, don't sleep on, on Veuve. I don't sleep on the clicker. I mean, it's like this. <clears throat> it's like this. It was paying my bills at Indochine <laughs> when I was doing the list. <laughs> it's like this, right? It's like there's nothing wrong with a really well-made product that is produced in volume right like absolutely so that's what i because and i tell people on one level it is like the budweiser of 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 um champagne but i remember meeting a brewmeister like in the early 90s before the whole micro brewery thing and he's he's like and he's like you need to understand how good that beer how much they make of that and to have the quality control so Think about that in champagne, and I give Vov some shit. But think when you think about that in champagne, and I know a lot of psalms, um, just listen to other podcasts, um, are going back to the bigger houses because like you like you you can't. I mean, it's Dom Perignon, it it, it it's freaking Bollinger, it's freaking Cristal. Those I mean, they're still. 
producing wonderful champagne. So I'm not mad. I'm not above. And, you know, it's the easiest bottle to buy for people because they, they think it's way better. I mean, not that it's bad, but, like, people think, oh, my God, they see the orange label. It's iconic. The brand, and, the, and branding, the rosé is fantastic. The branding, the, the rosé is fantastic. Oh, I remember when it first came out. Um, no, I remember when Le Grand Dame rosé oh. first came out. That came out in 97 when I first started in the wine business. It was the first vintage. Uh, it's been like 96. Oh, so good. Um, so, no, um, you know, uh, it was paying the bill. So is that where wine came in at, at vinyl? Is that when you started? No, it no? actually came in at the first, my absolute first job because oh. I went, I was a busser for a couple months mm-hmm. and then they bumped me up because this was a fancy Italian restaurant bistro with an award of excellence wine list. So then I was a food runner, which I absolutely loved. I love talking about food. I love describing food at table. And then, and also you you learn how to carry the plates and you have one here and you have the thumb like this, but not on the plate. And then you do the thing and with the service, open body, whole choreography. I'm definitely going to have to put the video for this one up. Because as a, as a dancer, she is into movement and I love all the I mean, it, it's just like. You basically mesmerize your table with how you move. That's how I used to pour wine. You do it in a certain way that makes the pour look very lovely so they can't wait to drink it and thus finish it and also order another bottle because I'm trying to make this, stack this paper. Uh, for, for all you young psalms out this there, wide paper. there's a gym right there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to mesmerize Trying them. to get the numbers up. <laughs> but um, so when it was time to train to be a waiter, they're mm-hmm. like mandatory wine training. Um, they're just like, what kind of wine are you drinking right now? And I was like, well, I drink a lot of vodka cranberries. I'm drinking Zimas and uh, <laughs> I'm drinking Bailey's on the rocks. They're like, stop talking. And I was like, Sutter, can I, can I talk about the whites? They're like, shh, quiet. Um, they're like two o'clock on Tuesday. And I'm like, in the afternoon during rehearsal, I'm going to have to miss di- Show up. The whole table is set up. There is a map of Italy, two glasses, meats, charcuterie, charcuterie cheeses, uh, grissini, breadsticks, olive oil, olives, um, cornichon, um, focaccia, and spit buckets. I'm like, what, the, what, them, <laughs> what them for? I'm like, spitting? I have the day off. I don't know what you, do, what you guys doing. Uh, ten wines. We started with Prosecco, and I was I was done with Prosecco. Jesus came and got me at the table with Prosecco, <laughs> and then we tried to we tried a Pinot Grigio, and I was like, "This is good too." You're like, and now Gabriel just showed and up. And then we had a Chianti, and it was Chianti Rufina, uh, um, delicious. And then the last wine, Massi Amarone, 1985. Wow. And the angels came down. I heard all of the house music. I heard Promised Land by Joe Smooth. Um, it's waiting on my aunt. I heard Jamie Principal. I heard it all. And I was like, this is my life. And so mm. it was, Let Us Entertain was corporate. And so I had my evaluation before I became a front waiter. And... Um, and then they told me, they trained me to be a waiter, and they trained me, even though the, our manager was the sommelier, they trained us to, it, it was called the Hot 20. Um, five low, five medium, five high, and then 
well, I call it the hot 20, but it was basically five um, low, five medium, five high. You must be able to sell those. Um, I turned into a hot 20 when I came to New York, and those five bottles of dream bottles, like the Sylvain Cathiar, like the Soldera, like the things that you're like, who's going to buy a bottle of Krug 1989? Oh, somebody just bought the remember. bottle of Krug 1989. I get to taste it. What? <laughs> um, and so they, they had us study it, but... I had not tasted any of these wines. I just tasted the wines that we had at the at the training. And then occasionally we would have a bottle during the staff meeting. And then they pulled me aside for my monthly evaluation. They were like, you are our top seller of, of Masi Amarone. And uh, they're like, what, do you, what are you doing? I'm like, I love it. It's the only – <laughs> and so they're like – so they were just like, here, Marquis, to taste this. Here, Marquis, to taste this. Our French restaurant is doing staff training. You go to that training. Our Spanish restaurant is doing wine training. You go. So I was basically like a pen pal piggyback on other restaurants. And Priore Lichine is the Margot, is the Bordeaux that put me into France. Mm. The first time I had that, Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon came in, did what it do. It was, I was like, and at that point, I was like, why did I go to college? Why did I go? And why do I still owe them so much money when I could have just been folding napkins and slinging this wine and bringing steaks and carving fishes? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's a perfect time to take a quick break. I'm going to pause. We're going to come back. That was amazing. Uh, so uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're a fan of the show, you know that there would be no black wine guy experience without Acker Wines. America's oldest wine shop is now the world's destination for fine and rare wine. That's why I want you to go over to their website and check them out. Whether you're seeking the world's finest and rarest bottles or just something for everyday drinking, Acker Wines is the place to go to expand your palate and enhance your personal wine experience. Go to ackerwines.com. That's A-C-K-E-R wines.com. Use the promo code BWG25 to get $25 off any purchase of $100 or more. Retail only. Okay, we're back. Um, <laughs> first of all, um, there was so much there. But I, I do... Uh, you know, sometimes you get hooked. You ever let a thought hook you? So I, I, I heard everything you said, but the thought that hooked me when you said, what are you drinking? You said Zima. Hold so on, hold on, wait, hold on. So Zima delicious. was ahead of its time. What the fuck is White Claw and all this shit? Zima, White, Zima was ahead of White its Claw, time. White Claw, my ass. Zima was ahead of its time. I was like, I done did White Claw in 1987. Yeah, it was called Zima. It was delicious. <laughs> I just, I, that just, I was like, holy shit. Um, and that's another thing. You could drink like 10 of them. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I said, just. Um, How's your opinion of University of Chicago? How am I doing? Oh. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Let me I'm tell sure, you something sure, about I'm, my junior I'm, year. I'm, I'm sure. Hang out. It was live where you were hanging out. You probably had all them nerds like, no, it still wasn't live. It was live. Actually. I became a house head at University of Chicago, and it's why I applied there early. Wow. Why? Was, was Professor I, Marshall Jefferson teaching a uh, oh course God. there? 
William Julius, I had, I had William Julius Wilson my freshman year. Oh my God, I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> I got ghosted by my high school AP fancy at public education. She left me. She's like, this is a breakup. <laughs> she wrote it on a post-it and she was like, I'm out. <laughs> Good luck in the taken voice. Years, like when I heard that in the movie, I was just like, I heard that in 1985 when I was taking a chemistry exam, trying to get into a chemistry class. And I had to walk out after 20 minutes because it was so hard. But um, so freshman year, uh, junior year in high school, I wanted to go to Brown. I wanted to, Brown was actually my first choice. I wanted to go to Vanderbilt. I wanted to go to Stanford. Um, my safety school was Oberlin, McAllister, Bryn Mawr. Safety's Oberlin and Bryn Mawr. <laughs> Man. Um, and, of course, colleges were coming. I was getting mail. I was getting mail. I was getting mail. And so I went to a college fair, and my father wanted me to go to Northwestern. Um, my father went to Northwestern, so I was just like, you mean that school that's right over there? He's like, yeah, we got you, you can stay in your room. I didn't Perfect. swear. I didn't I didn't even <laughs> swear in high school. I was like, absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> so um so we go to this college fair and the the admissions officer, she was so cool. She was actually an African American woman, which was a surprise because there were no black women in that room. Uh, except for my mom. Um so she was talking to me and she's like, why don't you come and visit? And my mom, who's so sneaky, she's like, you can practice for your Brown interview. And I was like, my mom's looking out for me. Because she knew as soon as we went on the Midway and I saw Rockefeller and I saw the campus. And when you go for your interview, they take you on a tour first. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and Stevie Wonder. They took us to Harper Library, and I was, the, like, the angels came and got me with all those books. I was like, they have every edition of Anna Green Gables up a chair. And so when I went down for my interview, I already wanted to go. And so they were just like, blah, 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 you should come visit campus. And they have a very good brother-sister program um, because, of course, the African-American population was 4%. I think it's up to 4.5 now. From going to a high school um, that had 33% um, black students. Okay. Um, so, um, so I went for the weekend, and I stayed on the 11th floor in the Shoreland, which was the coolest dorm. It was right across from the lake, right across from the point. Beautiful. It's It was an old hotel, and now it's like a fancy condo building. Um and I was paired with um, a one, Cynthia, who was like this, she was a sophomore and she was like a sociology major. And like five black students lived on that floor. And one of them, who would later be the love of my life and my boyfriend very briefly, was the DJ for the house parties. Yeah, I was like, okay, I was like, wow, okay. So I knew, we're like, I we're having a party on the floor. And I was like, what are they gonna do at this little geeky, Piece of shit school, please. 
And so that's when I heard, I, I was just like, I heard Mystery of Love. I heard all the good, no, actually that was 1987 that came out. I heard Waiting on My Angel. I heard Marshall Jefferson. I heard all the good stuff. And I was like, I need to go to this school. So. I applied to one college. I applied early. Well, you know. Uh, your dad went to Northwestern. You were probably you were probably safe if your dad goes to Northwestern. You're probably safe to apply. And you know, if your safety's Oberlin, you were probably good to go. And you know, it's just a numbers game. St- well, my parents statistics were, statistics were very say, strict. Yeah, yeah. There was like they're like you can date when you're um, 16 years old, and I'm like December birthday. I was like I'm going to be a senior. You just ruined it. <laughs> so. Was that when, because I know we talked before I met you at a wine tasting before, which is, I don't really often meet my guests before, but I don't know them. Um, you're big into curating playlists with wine. Yes. So is that where the love of music really, I mean, obviously growing up, but like. It did, actually. Um, I do have kind of a history with DJs. Um, <laughs> like literally. When I turned 40, I was just like, Jesus, um, I have a new set of requirements for the dream. And I was like, none of these, no more chefs, unless he's from Portugal. Um, <laughs> winemakers, yes. Um, no DJs. Okay, except maybe one. Also, you, you if just, he's from Portugal. You gave me a joke. Just, <laughs> I was like, it's like, like, you know, and before the poor... You guys might have heard I asked people like what you know if, when you if heaven exists what do you want God say when you're at the pearly gates? You like you should be like I got a DJ, a winemaker, and a chef back there for you, and they're all from Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> all right. So I digress. Um, what brought you to New York? I Bilty Jones. Um, I was, um, in a good place in Chicago. I was dancing, um, I was dancing with Winifred Hahn and dancers. I was teaching, um, for Joseph Holmes Chicago Dance Theater. I managed their Chance to Dance program. Uh, shout out to Bernard Gilmore, who was one of my students. He went to Curie High School and he's been a member of Alvin Ailey for 22 years. Along with my cousin and his wife, who just uh, retired this year. And, um, who's actually choreographing something right now. Revelations. Oh my gosh. And he, he, he did the Donny Hathaway solo. Oh, he did that one? Solo, I think two years ago. I saw that. Mind blowing. Um, so, so you came here to dance, basically. Yes. Okay. Um, Bill was doing, they were performing here. Um, we are here. Um, I think that's the name of the piece. And he was doing a choreography workshop. And it was, com- and I admired Bill. I'd been in Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, when I was in Chicago, I was part of the Chicago cast. I, I admired him, took his choreography workshop because I love to choreograph. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it was the worst and hardest week. I basically cried because he was so hard. He, he We were choreographing, and I was cheating. He's like, create a phrase using so-and-so and so-and-so. And he could tell just by my movement that this was movement that I had previously created. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 
He's like, chalk that. I want to see something new. And I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker, I hate that fucking guy. <laughs> I came back out and I was like, oh, you want me to create something new? Blah, blah, blah. Um, at the end of it, I actually brought Bernard, who was a freshman in college. And, uh, and so it was the last day. He was teaching Odile some movement phrases. He was teaching Bernard. And he at, actually asked Bernard, he's just like, I'm having auditions for my company. Um, you know, you should come. And he was trying to convince him because he's like, I'm going to do the scholarship program at Alvin Ailey. And he's like, you should come take class with me. And he's like, you know, tell me about your training. And he's like, there's my teacher right over there. And so he's like, Marquita, how was your week? And I was like, and I started crying. I was like, it's really hard. Um, and he's just like, well, I don't need any woman dancers. I can't pay you. Rehearsal starts August 29th. Wow. So. And I moved here. Did you immediately get a restaurant job when you came here to support that uh, dance career God. move? Uh, we can talk about the two weeks where I trained at Bowery Bar, um, and uh, I did not make the cut. Okay. You didn't make sense. Why don't we talk about, let's talk, what was the first gig, restaurant gig you got in New York? Let's, let's, let's shape this in the positive. It's such a good story. Well, that's part of the story. Okay, because so, so tell the story. I went through the whole training. Okay. So Bowery I Bar. The, the who, crappy outfit. Hold on. Who was running that at that time? I want to say Jane. Okay. Um, little did I know that Jeff Harding, who is now a dear friend of mine, was bartending there at the okay. time. Was it Jane? I'm not sure. Jane Shu or that's why I'm Connie? Asking, I'm, no. That's why I'm asking you. Beautiful Asian woman. Okay. Um, she was also the manager at Cafe Clooney. Um, so is, do they have an infamous two-week training program? Or? Well, because you know most of our listeners don't, you know, aren't. Certain. Well, th well, it was like the coolest, popular people staff. Okay. And I was a little bit too Midwestern and not cool enough for them. A little bit too smiling and, and and too much service, and less. I was not cool enough to really kind of hang. And so they were just like, "Well, we can put you, you know, so you can like pick up shifts if someone needs needs a day off." And I was like, "Ah." Uh, I have $78, and that is not acceptable. So I was just like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And so we had rehearsal at Musical Theater mm -hmm. on Lafayette. And so I just applied to every restaurant on the block, which was at that point Time Cafe, Toast, Indochine. Um, and at Indochine, they were just like, well, we're not hiring here, but we're opening a new restaurant called Republic. And so I went to that and they're, they're like, we're having open call next week. Okay, an open call for Indochine. So I show up um, in like a nice outfit. And I'm like looking, I was just like, why is everybody so tall? <laughs> because everyone was like a model. model. Yeah. And they had headshots. And they took my photo. Well, when, you said, when you said open call, I was like... I was like, I didn't, that's an entertainment I term, had, right? I had a, a, I had a resume. I had, I was just like, I ain't gonna get this gig. <laughs> so, uh, so they hired me. So I started training at Republic. I started training at Republic, and it was really cool. Oh my God, everyone was so beautiful. It was just crazy. Um, like I worked with Lisa Peterson. I worked with Veronica. Oh, everyone was beautiful. But um, 
I got a call from Jean-Marc, the owner, and he's just like, um, Marquita, we are having a private party at Indochine. Can you come and work? And I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, you know, what's the uniform? He's like, ball gown, sample, stiletto. And I was like, what <laughs> in the actual? Because it was Mariah, part, Mariah Carey's party during Fashion Week. And I met Quincy Jones there that night. I might have to use that proposed show title now. <laughs> I might have to do it. Like it that's too coincidental. And then, you, you might have to. And then when, um, oh my God, he's so fantastic. When it was, came time for me to go to Republic, mm. they wouldn't let me go. They're like, nope, Marquita stays at Indochine. Oh, that's dope. That's a dope story. That was a dope story. You, you, you rocked. You rocked it. But Indochine also gave me wine because okay. I was folding napkins one night, mm. and I was just like, you know what? If we had a really nice Sancerre, um, we would make a shitload of money. They heard nothing but shitload of money. So I got a <laughs> call the next day from the owner who's like, you do the wine list. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, you do the wine list. Nobody wants to do it. And so I started buying yeah. wine <laughs> for this restaurant, and I was just, I, I didn't know how to do it. So I started, I bought the wine Bible. I read it cover to cover. Um, also, I just started asking regulars. So I was like, what do you want to drink? And, you know, because the regulars were like savvy, drinking, wanted to drink beautiful bottles. And so they're just like, oh, I love shampoo mousse. And yeah, I was just like, shush, shush. I was like, what kind of French is that? <laughs> I never heard this kind of French. And I took it for two years of college. Um, and so. Two whole years. <laughs> like, so then the reps would come in and they'd be like, okay, really? And I was just like, do you have a Chateauneuf to pop? And they were like, oh, 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 okay. And that was the difference. It wasn't like I was tr a trainee. Mm -hmm. it, I was the buyer. And I was just like, I want champagne. I want Chateauneuf to pop. Um, do you have Chateau? Do you have Chateau And they were like, oh, okay. She so she's playing. And also, I knew the words. Mm -hmm. and I was like, do you have Priore Lichine? Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay. And also, University of Chicago. I can write anything. I can talk about anything. Yeah. And also, yeah. if I learn something, I'm gonna learn it. Yeah. 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 No, that's uh, how. So I just tell, modeled myself off of my manager at Tucci Milan. Tell tell people how much fun it is to buy wine with other people's money. <gasps> There's nothing better. I mean, you you come with your own theme music. It's like da 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 down 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 to down <laughs> right yeah. like so I was thinking about uh what was the Wayne Brothers movie in the 80s where Jack of Spades where he, he had, every hero has a theme song yeah it's like yeah oh my god that there is going to be a lot of influencers with 20,000 followers who are mad at you now <laughs> But um, she wasn't even a sub. I got my WSCT three. <laughs> but what this was fuck? in this was in 1998. Right. This was before. This no, was, I know. This I was, was uh, this was before the I was, internet. I was still in New York then, so um, 
Yeah, I mean, there was like three Psalms in New York it City. It was the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't meet one until I worked at Jean-Georges. So, yeah, so how'd you get over to Jean-Georges? Uh, he was one of the regulars okay. at Indochine. Okay. Um, and he I waited on him. He poached you. He did. He poached me. Um, I waited on him at his birthday party. Um, and he's just, he's just like, meet my brother, Philippe. I met his brother. And he's like, you should come up, interview. And I didn't know what Jean-Georges was. Mm -hmm. So I went up there. Uh, Columbus Circle, that dining room, the marble floor, the menu. And so I got the job, and but the training. So I had a notebook this big with the training, the silverware. It was like Pretty Woman where she's sitting there with the silverware. <laughs> I was like, ooh, maybe I should be a prostitute because look at all this silverware. <laughs> Actually, I'm a prostitute because I'm a waiter and a dancer, so I'm a prostitute. Um, the oyster spoons, like the salt and pepper shakers that were so beautiful that you had to take them off the table um, before the dessert came, before you dropped the menu, because so many of them were getting Because the customers were stealing. And so if you yourself did not take them off... And they were not on the table. You just put them on the check. Oh wow! And then they would get the check, and then and they then would come to pick up the card <laughs> and the show people be back on the table. Or the salt and pepper would still be stolen because they bought it. <laughs> that was like one of the rules. But like fine dining is a dream. It's amazing. I loved everything about it. I loved. The courses, I loved carving things at table. I loved carving the duck. I even loved filleting a whole fish. Um, the serving of wine from a Gerardon where you taste you taste everything first because, and it doesn't even have to be corked. It cannot be often, if it's flat or dull, it does not get served. Mm. And as a front waiter, that is your responsibility. Which is a lot of responsibility because then there's a captain who's doing the captain, the big captain stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of responsibility. And also, um, they were way ahead of their time. There were four women and two women captains. And they're like, Marquita, you could be a captain. But it was impossible. I was still dancing. And that's not a part time job, it's a full time job. So I had to decide. And so I, I quit because, or I, I left because I was still dancing. Um, and also, if you wanted to switch schedules, it was, you're just like, oh, wait, can you switch uh, Tuesday for me? Um, I've auditioned for Mark Morris. They're like, no. I was like, but you had the date. Man, I don't get it. <laughs> so when did you... Um... <clears throat> I know you received your vinification and viticulture certificate mm -hmm. um, and your psalm pen in 2004. When when did you, so 2002, I think, is when you kind of re retired from dancing? Yes. Okay. Um, so why the choice to go hard on wine? Um, because 
wine is my second dancing. Okay. Oh. It is the absolute same. It's it's the same practice. Um, and also because uh, Kurt Eckert, who was my mentor and also the wine director at Jean Georges, he's just like, you know what? When you stop dancing, you should have my job. And so when I quit, I was just like, I'm going to try to be Kurt. So uh, because there was something kind of magic. When a table came in to have one of the Thomas Jefferson Bordeaux bottles um, that cost like $12,000, and he had, he had the ASO, he had all the tools to open it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to drink some of that. No, they drank the sediment. There's nothing in that bottle. <laughs> it was like there had never been any. They were just like, ah. <laughs> um, There was nothing in that bottle. But um, I was just like, and also, I was, I was like, I want to wear a bomb-ass suit and walk around and and sell bomb-ass bottles. Mm. Be like, oh, you want the 2007 Chateau Talbot? A shlablam! <laughs> um, and it was just, I loved everything about it. You know what I love about, the, like, your approach, though? Like, you're just straight up, people don't get, like, it's selling wine at the end of the day, people. Right? At the end of the day... Like there, yeah. There's all that knowledge. There's all the tricks, blind tasting, but it's your fucking personality. And for you, I can see it's the performance you must have put on, right? Like, like it, it is mesmerizing people. You know, it, it is, it is, it is enhancing their experience. And and I, I can geek out, but most experience is not enhanced by wine geekery. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, yeah, you know. Um, so. I mean, my one of the one of my I have two very fun descriptions. And um, actually, it was something that Jeff Harding started. He's just like, describe a wine without using any wine words. One of them has a wine word in it, which is, I was just like, okay, I would like to talk about um, Right Bank. I would like to talk about uh, Saint-Emilion. And I'm going to go straight to the scene in Coming to America, where they're in the barbershop. Oh, this is, is this velvet? <laughs> That's the way Saint-Emilion is. It's, it's like velvet. It's like a velvet painting of Jesus next to Martin Luther King, next to JFK, next to Usher. I've been That's to that house. delicious well, it is. My aunt passed away before Usher was a big thing, but I know, I know <laughs> that lineup. And then your uncle has the, uh, the suede uh, psychedelic, he turn the lights out, uh, Zodiac signs, the nasty fucking zodiac sign poster. <laughs> and then also, <laughs> the twelve positions of the zodiac. <laughs> there's, there's the uh, the somewhat covered up um, Ohio players album. Right, 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 right. And, and, and the honey porn. Yeah. I didn't even know how cool my dad was, <laughs> but he had Prince's first album, and we weren't allowed to see it. He was naked on that white horse. <laughs> With, with with the roller set, and I was just, and we weren't allowed to see these like fantastic because it was because they were so racy. But my dad had like a great record collection. Um, <laughs> God, this is but, too uh, much fun. But my favorite wine description, and I used to say this at tables all the time. They were just like, 
And I was just like, well, let me tell you the difference between these two Rieslings. I was like, this one is a little bit off dry. It's a fine herb. Um, so it's got a little bit of re- re- residual sugar. This is like when you're standing at the local six on Bleecker and you see the four or five go wide. The four or five is Peter Lauer and you are Hertzberger on the platform. <laughs> I was like, because that acidity is racy. You're going to be at Grand Central Station in four minutes as opposed to stopping at 23rd Street, stopping at 33rd Street, and then stopping, and it's going to take 20 minutes. Those are the different acidity levels. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. Oh my god! I love it. I was like, if we, I was like, we can do dragons. We can do which Anna Green Gables book because there were seventeen. So let me. This dragon. This wine is like Viserion when he became an ice dragon. Chateau Clemens, Sauterne, 2012. Oh my god! So, um, uh, you know. I love it. And I love how you said you, you're just going to become your boss, right? So you, you get your cert. Um, I read an interview that um, despite wearing your uniform and your pen, you're not always recognized as the SOM or the expert on the floor and that uh, they might go to you know, your white busser or runner before they approach you. Um, and I know uh, Madeline Maldonado, she mentioned that and I mean, even like, see, I'm type. I don't give a fuck. I'm that type of person. But like, like you know, I'll be in a store and they'll like, but know the most about wine, and they'll go to some I'm like, and I'm like, no, go talk to him. But like, but what's that like? I mean, how do you how how have you dealt with that? Like, how have you dealt? How did you deal with that? Like you said, like, you're you're the one in charge, right? Like, you know more, and and and, I, and it's. And I'm going to set you up. I'm, th- I'm throwing you up an alley hoop here because like you're at like one of the best fucking restaurants in the world. They put you in charge, and then people are not like recognizing your brilliance. I mean, your 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 shine. Like, what what what's that like? Well, then I'm gonna have to go straight mage Ursula Le Guin on them, and uh, well, it's it's easy because I go to my hot twenty. Okay. Um. Also, you you have to be able to speak their language. You have to – I call it Napaflex because it's a question I get a lot because, you know, the bros always want to talk about Phelps Insignia. Okay, please. You never had no Phelps Insignia, okay? That's good, though. It or Schaefer tra- Trailside, you had, you had to right. be able to speak um, – the the big boy language. It is the flex because I, I do that like in retail. People are like, oh, I'm looking for Pinot Noir. I'm like, well, what do you like? And they go, oh, you know those names. I'm like, well, you know, I, I like Marcuson and I, I like this. And you, they, yeah, and you, you flex you on start, them. And, you yeah, and then, and then they go and they go, oh, oh, he does know about wine. You know yeah. what I mean? You have I I totally get that. Like you have to flex. Um, and my flex is Spotswood 1994. Spots with good juice. It's like 94, 94 too. You know what's so great about California? Every Calicchio vintage was, was, was a very three vintages. Of wow, it. yeah. And that's I talk about this. I don't know if I talk, I don't I don't know where I'm talking about this with wine because I talk about wine so much. But um, 
even with all the cult stuff, people we forget like the spot was like the OGs still have the contracts. They still have the top Diamond fruit. Creek? Don- Hi. Diamond Con Valley. Creek. Let's talk. I know. Let's oh talk, people. Is is um, come to my house. It's cute. Burgess. Yeah. You know. So you have to be. You have to. It's authority. It's basically. Every psalm, just go read Prince, go read read the Prince, read Machiavelli, and figure out if you want to be loved and feared, and figure out how to be loved and feared at the same time. And then I'll give you the uh, the not University of Chicago book to read. Go read uh, uh, the Robert Greene books about the 48 Laws of Power, and he's got one, The Art of Seduction. And like, you don't want to, like, I don't want to believe the world's that way, but if you really take the helicopter view, like shit, it is a struggle, you know? And like, like people are archetypes and, and, and you said it, like some people don't like, some people are like, I'm gonna be me, which I get. But for me, me is flexible depending on where I want to accomplish. Right. So like I have set the goal, right. So it, you know, it, it, to me, it's akin like you have to, be able to communicate and the biggest mistake is thinking that communication existed because you say something over and over but like you said you found a way to speak up oh, these are these are the wall street dudes they want the big big bombs and i mean you do this and that you know so um nothing and that's mm. and it's basically like it's basically you're just a cheerleader right. who has a very strong squad you have squad. You just like you can you can do your drum line section. It's like we're about to do the drum line, and once my snares get all up into your DMs, you go, you're gonna be drinking. You're gonna be drinking all of this uh, cornas that I got lined up right in here. <laughs> but um, the wine will is your authority, and if you can talk about wine with authority. That that's basic that that kind of stops the conversation and starts the revolution. So if you are a person of color or a woman and you want power, jump into some books, jump into the Peter Lim Champagne book, uh, get Raj Parr's at some um, the Sommelier Atlas, and you start to talk about wine differently after you read books like that, and. Actually, after I read, started reading uh, Peter Lim's Champagne book and just a little couple details, I was like, the Gymnée Pierre-Fils is like this. Oh, the L'Armandier Bernier. Um, they have some of the best Grand Cru's, Passover too, so on and so It's some of the most beautiful Cote de Blanc, blah, 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 blah. You just have all of your, um, it's like seduction. And basically, it's like, how do you, it's, Basically, what my mother told me, because I, I argue with my father, he's a Virgo. That's what happens, you know, and he's also Panamanian, um, it's his opinion, and he loves to argue. Um, and just crying, 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 so many arguments, and my mom is just like, if he thinks it is his idea, you will get your way. So that's, that's inception, actually. I was ju- exactly. So I was just like, Okay. So if they think it's their idea, and I was just like, well, you, you talk about what th- information that you, and I was like, well, you just told me that you like this producer or that, 
So I know you're going to love this because they have very similar styles. And so they're just like, Because they're cousins. Oh. Dudes, it's exactly. cousins. And that's often true. And, and I, I tell people, I'm like, and that's, you know, you know, I retail. I did some, I, went, I worked at a bistro in Santa Barbara, but retail is very interesting because, like, people like, I'm like, you know, that that's and that vineyard's right next door to this vineyard. You know what I mean? Like, like so, but most people don't even know enough about it. They just say, like, oh, they have this romantic notion in their head. And I'm just like, but, you know, do you, you know, do you know, do you know, if you know winemakers, if you know Appalachians, like, I'm like, if you like, if you like this about that wine, this has the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to, or this is, you'll, you'll, this will suit your palate. So I agree with you. Everything you're saying it's authority. It is some good knowledge. <clears throat> you know, I'm old school. Wine for Dummies and Jancis Robinson's Guide to Wine Grapes. And that one really helped me because, like, I know every fucking grape, right? So, like, <clears throat> every obscure grape. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I always try and try it, try and try it once, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I did I read somewhere or, or did I hear it on the internet? If it's on the internet, it must be true. Um, you're you're going to pursue Master of Wine? Yes. Okay. Um, it's a good story. Um there, there haven't been any bad stories, <laughs> <laughs> but this one is a is a really really good story, um, and uh, so last year was devastating. Um, a twenty two career completely shut down and stopped. Um, my whole life just disintegrated, and there was no when is it going to come back. And when Chef's Club started selling their inventory, and then I found out that they were never going to open back up, it was just devastating. And so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And Julia Coney is one of my mentors for wine writing, and I was trying to I was trying to get my blog going. I was working my one shift at Red Hook Winery, and um, and so I got a friend request from Lisa Granick on. MW on Facebook. And I texted Zwan because Zwan is big into George. And I actually texted my girls, my wine putas of Crown Heights, <laughs> Mara, Zwan, and Kilolo. Hi, girls. And um, I was just like, is there something going on? Is there a tasting? And they're like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, Lisa Cranick, I mean, I was just like, is there like a Georgian tasting that I don't know? Is there, is there like a virtue, is there a Zoom? And so I studied for an entire day to get ready for, because I accepted her friend request and then she sent me a message. She's like, oh, you should call me. And I thought it was about like, like a tasting panel or something. And I was like, okay. Sap Ravi, okay. The other thing that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, all of the oranges, very cool. Um, and so she's like, well, you know, I got my Master of Wine. I'm working with um, WSET, and we're doing these panels. You know, would you like to be on? And I was like, I would love it. And she's like, have you ever considered uh, the Master of Wine program? And I'm like, well... I got to tell you, it's perfect for a U University of Chicago gal like And you. she started talking about yeah. it, and she yeah. had me at theory. I was like. <laughs> Things you don't I hear like, every I, day I have to write on a wine a huge, podcast. paper about dirt or, or just, 
I can talk about maloectic fermentation for hours and hours. And so I was just like, okay. I'm, and it just kind of, it was like dancing. Um, so, and it encompasses all of the things that I want to do in wine, which is write and which is teach. Um, yes, and I'm totally afraid of those three days of tasting. Uh, um, but I was at Texom a couple weeks ago, and Susan Lynn was there, and she was describing how she was doing a research paper on classical music and wine. And so I'm probably going to write my paper on dance, dance and wine. wine. Mm. Um, but I haven't been in school for 15 years, so I have to go back from the beginning. So I actually have to do the WSET program in order to start the diploma program. And so I have to either take a test to be into level three. Okay, if I don't pass a test to get into level two after all these years, taking a pop quiz on Chablis, I got a problem. But um, so I'm like, okay. So I was talking to another woman who is also in the MW Road, Erin Brooks, actually, who I know from Instagram. And she's just like, well, I'm going to send you my certified specialist of wine book because that is actually, if you take that class, it will get you into the diploma program. But also, it is a requirement if you want to be a certified wine educator. And I do want to be an educator. So I'm going to start. I already have the book, and I'm already stud I'm homeschooling myself in wine. <laughs> also, I have insomnia, so I'm homeschooling. Um, but I'm going to actually take the online course probably in August. And, uh, and then hopefully I'll start the diploma program next year. Mm. Wow. <clears throat> um, you got so much going on. So many things going on. Uh, let's talk about some other stuff. Let's talk about um, Red Hook Winery. You got, as someone who's from the East Coast, <laughs> to say winery after Red Hook is, is really still kind of foreign to me. But tell me about your work at Red Hook Winery. Uh, we are an urban winery uh, that basically and represents... And by urban, you mean just you're attaching We your are on Pier 41 making beautiful, delicious wines. Uh, because we are sourcing... We're basically a negociant. Uh, we source 90% of our grapes from the North Fork, 10% from the Finger Lakes. Uh, we have three winemakers. Um Christopher Nicholson is our resident winemaker. He's there doing the day-to-day -day work. And then we also have Abe Schoner of Scolium Project, and we have uh, Bob Foley of Robert Foley the Vineyards. King of, the king of Cassis. And, and the king of Cabernet Sauvignon. So we have, and for me, and I used, when, I, when we used to do tours, I used to say, you know, as a retired dancer, this feels like me, like the grapes of New York State, are the Alvinelli Dance Company, and then there are three very talented choreographers who get to use this exciting, charismatic material to produce whatever piece that they want. So we often do, like in our tastings, a Paris comparison, James Port Vineyard, Chardonnay, 2015, one from Abe Schoner, one from Robert Foley, and you see 
what happens when you work with wild yeast, when you ferment open-top fermentation, or you ferment with um, certain types of yeast, with champagne yeast? Do you decide to do batonnage? Do you decide to use new oak? Um, what kind of temperature controls are you using? Um, we're also on the pier, so it is naturally humid and cool and awesome. So the aging room is there. Um, and you see all of I didn't even know that there was a difference between a burgundy barrel and a Bordeaux barrel until I started working there because I was lining up barrels, and, and they were like this, and there's the short squat ones, which are burgundy barrels, and then the tall, narrow ones are Bordeaux barrels. I'm like, I knew that shit. 20 years. <laughs> and I'm just like, how am I just finding this out in 2017? <laughs> Don't you, but that's what I love about wine. You can learn you something just... new every – you can learn something new no matter how much you know, right? Um, well, since you – what – and, um, yeah, I'm a Foley fan. I'm a Foley fan. Um, I like Abe's just abstractness, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but definitely um, when it comes to just, just flavor, Bob's, he's the man. What would you want people to know about wines that are coming out in New York now? Because, like, you know, um, what would you say about that? Uh, first, uh, a shout-out to Midia Gonzalez on Long Island. They took over Martha Clara. Um, so RGNY. Um, so I tasted her. Um, I tasted her Pinot Noir that she's making. First Pinot Noir from the North Fork. That is a pen pal to Chambul Moussigny. Shut it is beautiful. Because you know, I lived out there. I mean, like it, it's. I tell people Pinot it's Noir like, does not like the North Fork. Well, no, and. A lot of grapes didn't like the North Fork, but as the vines have gotten older, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the issues with burgeoning wine countries is like, you know, you could have some decades of mediocre wine, you know, and, and it's, I tell you, it's always cool to go visit a winery and, you know, and it's beautiful out there, but it's good to know that the vines are maturing and, and you're now starting getting some wines of, I mean, I mean, I mean, Sean Capio used to make some wine out there, but like when I heard about the project, Red Hook, I was like, "Fucking Foley and Scolium." I'm like, "Damn, that that's you know." And and Scolium, I was like, "That's," and I love how the juxtaposition of the two styles, right? Like um, exactly, you know. But but um, wow, you heard it here from a future master of wine. There is a nod to <laughs> Shamble Musini out on the North Fork. There is. There's also Machino Love Up with all those beautiful Cabernet Francs. Um, they are. They have Taroldigo planted out. Jamesport Vineyards. Their Taroldigo is cute, cute. So they you have know, gold I said, Muscatella. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a Cal Italian fan. I'm going to become a Pound Street a, a, High. A, a New York Italian fan. <laughs> Taroldigo, Taroldigo. It's, Say it one it's, more time. It's like Taroldigo. It's, it's like Beetlejuice. It's like where where out there? Why where out thou Taroldigo? <laughs> I mean, you could do a whole Shakespearean thing with it. Um, they're doing uh, Macari Vineyards, My Heart, um, their Cabernet Franc Pet Nat, um, Pominox, Petite Verdot Pet Nat. Oh, hi. The Chenin Blancs that they're making, the Albedino from Palmer. There's some cute stuff. And then I haven't even talked about the Finger Lakes because, yes. We need to do a road trip. Get all black wine up in this piece on Long Island. And <laughs> and I think you will be blown away. 
I think you would be blown away. Probably because I I'm, I haven't spent any time. I lived in Sac Harbor. Bedell, they're hundred percent uh, Malbec. Stop! 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 Who are you calling a cohort? That's one of my favorite <laughs> mispronunciations. That's one of my favorite mispronunciations. I would have my friends come into the wine bar at Aldi La, and I was just like, "Ask me for it! Ask me for it! Can I have a glass of cohort?" And I'd be like, "Who are you calling a cohort?" <laughs> They're just like, it's not funny. I'm like, it's so funny. They're like, it's not funny. I'm like, it's funny. I think it's funny. But, you know, I've been accused of not being funny. So, <laughs> um, and we got, you know. It's about to get ambogabuta. Yes. That's one of, another one of my favorite words. I love it. Um, yeah, we do have to do a road trip. I'm not bullshitting on that. Um, tell me about um, Volcanic. Um, so that was another fantastic call last summer. Right, because pandemic, right. Ah. And um, I actually, and this is a very good story. It's like a movie. Um, I was actually having dinner with Jeff Harding at Fort Defiance. He had come out to see me from Harlem at the winery, and then we went to Fort Defiance for dinner. We had a bottle of Litteri. Um I had an... I had an empty bag from blind tasting. We do blind tasting on Sundays. And so I called the lift and I was like, $36? Uh uh. And so I called the shared lift and they're like two minutes away. And I was like, Ooh, $14. So exciting. So I have my earphones in. I'm already listening to Crystal Waters. I'm ready. And I'm also drunk. And um, because that's what happens when you have Braulio. Um, so I get in the car and I'm like, and I, and I say hello. Yeah. So I say hi to the, you know, very good looking gentleman next to me. And I was like, oh, he's cute. And so I'm just, and he's like, hello. And he's like, are you in wine? And I take them out. And I was like, yeah, you know, I work at Red Hook Winery. And he's like, oh yeah, I work in wine too. That's all he said. Um, he, he didn't like go into, you know, I'm one of the original Avengers. Um, (laughs) And uh, and he's like, oh, my name is Jeff. And I was like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. There's something familiar, but, you know, it was like f- maybe 18 years. Wait, I'm, and I, I've been drinking. Hold on. So you, you fucking get a shared Uber and it's. This was a year. I, 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 I was like, because I'm like, is year. that. I want to. Okay. This was a year. Be- this was a year before yeah, but, last summer. But still, like, it. how does that happen? And. No, this is like the best story ever because he's like, oh, my name is Jeff. And we started, he's like, you know what? I'm doing this event tomorrow. You should come. He's like, it's at Cork Buzz. It's for my show called Sip Trip Italy. And I was like, are you Jeff Porter? <laughs> he's like, yes. And I was like, I was just like, I was at your French Quarter Masterclass that you had at Del Posto. In 2008. <laughs> oh, no, it was in 2012. And I was like. I had the day off that day, too. I still spit. Um, <laughs> and so he's like, I'll put you on the list. And I was like, so I, I show up at Cork Buzz. Pascaline is in front of me. And I was like, Yannick was there. Maria Roost was there. It was ser- like all Jackie Summers, like heavy hitters. Um, Aldo was there. Like all like the, like, it was like the cool kids club yeah. of wine folks. Yeah. I was like, what the actual? And so they showed like the first episode and it was so awesome. 
And so that's how I met him. And so I was following him on Instagram. And over the summer, he did a live chat with Primachik. And you know how you can ask questions? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were just like, oh, that looks delicious. And I was just like, how long was the skin contact? Did he, <laughs> did he ferment in instrument? What was happening? How old are the vines? And I was like, did he let it cold settle? And so he... He sent me an email, and he was just like, I am starting this company. Um, it's called Volcanic Selections, and, you know, would you like to work from home? And and I was just like, sure. I'll work from home in a pandemic as a sales rep for a wine company. Of course. It's brutal. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Were you born with a horseshoe up your ass? Like, who— Gets a fucking wine sales job during the pandemic. I was like, nothing's harder than being a modern dancer. This is harder than being a modern dancer. (laughs) I was like, ain't nothing harder than a Lester Horn technique class. (laughs) This is harder. Actually, blind tasting is... Jesus, fix it. It's harder than... All modern dance. Yeah, I, I, I think my wine education, my formal wine education is over because. It's never over. No, but my formal, I said my formal. I'm not trying to do that blind taste. No, you get, well, you get, well, actually, it's, it's, it's just practice. I, no, I It's don't. like practicing I, I, the piano. I respect people. I, maybe I don't want to play the piano. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Hey, listen. I live in the two-step. I'm stay right here. I'm not like you. You know? I, I don't need to do some Bobby Brown twist and spin shit. I'm stay right here, right in my lane. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> you, you don't want to be a backup dancer for, like, J.D. Vira or something? No. no. Sure you do. Final conclusion. <laughs> so, listen. <laughs> Before we go, I got to ask this question. Yes. This, this is, like, this is a serious question. Because I read it in your Bible. Your Bible. All right. So I have this ritual. I just have to say why I said Bible. I have this ritual in New Jersey Transit fucked it up. So I, usually I get here in time because I do intermittent fasting and I have a fucking Chick-fil-A sandwich <laughs> so I don't get beat up by the wine. And I'm not even drinking fast. What's in this Chianti? Um, but uh, I read this in your bio. And... You know, I know you're a WSET and you got a master wine, but this is this is some serious shit. I read that you're a level five wood elf monk in Dungeons and Dragons. I am. I'm playing tonight. How? how, how I killed a bear. I took a lot of damage points last week. Oh, not last week. I didn't play last week. The week before that, I took a lot of damage points. I was unconscious. I was blind for a while. It was terrible. But I killed a bear, and we killed a dragon as well. Do you uh, do you ever bring any uh, wave. Margot or Pierre Lucine to that, or any Sancerre? Is it just all fucking mead and honey wine? Well, you're hilarious. Jim Clark <laughs> is the dungeon master, and James Tidwell um, is on my team. So it's... Actually, there's a page on Facebook called Psalms and Sorcerers, and um, it's a whole Dungeons and Dragons crew. So, um, so I developed my character. 
Um, my whole family is from. I was going to say something, but I would never from... get another psalm on here as a guest, so I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But go ahead. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me later, but. It's just, I loved the game in high school. I never got to play it in high school, so I get to play it now. And um, it's just so much. And, you know, I drink a lot of um, J.J. Prune Riesling. I drink a lot of the oranges. Tonight I'm going to be drinking Alaje Viognier from Oregon. Um, all of the pink juices, Forlorn Hope Everything, Joe Swick Everything. Um, oh, you're, you're one of those kids. Piparello. Um, when my coins is cute, um, all of the coasts, everything, um, Nasturek, Colvetteraz, Prosecco is, I need a Prosecco vending machine in my kitchen with magnums in it, like in that Sip Trip Italy episode. <laughs> like when I design my dream kitchen, it's going to have a Prosecco vending machine. People are like, what does that oven do? And I was like, it produces magnums of Prosecco. <laughs> Bakes in 20 minutes. Um. <laughs> All right. So Can you tell I'm crazy? Yeah, I love it, though. I, this is perfect. You're perfect with the podcast. Um, you're my kind of people. We're going to take a road trip. Uh, if you had to pick the bottle that really, and we talked in the beginning, but like, okay. I just, like okay. Okay. what set it off? The bottle that set it off. Yeah. Ooh. I think even more so than the Masi Amarone, mm -hmm. I think Marquez y Murillete Ige Rioja, fucking 1989. Fucking Spanish wine, man. Rioja still, all still, day. still. Rioja Tussin. Still, Rioja Tussin. Rioja Cesar. Right up there with Cava Tussin and Prosecco Tussin is my medicines of choice. Oh, my God. Marquita. You know when you read the pill, the, the pill bottle, and they're just like, this is a narcotic. Do not operate machinery. I'm like, give me drive, a glass of wine. You, you have or, and I'm just like. Exactly. <laughs> what do you, of course. <laughs> or take with alcohol. Give me a bottle. <laughs> Go to sleep well. Daddy's going to sleep well tonight. I was like. This is what they used. This is what they used to drink because water could kill you. Because water was dangerous. Exactly. And it could poison you. And it's mostly water. It's honest. ninety percent water. Exactly. Ten percent love. Um, <laughs> There's no alcohol in this. <laughs> but it's interesting because in my life, because and and the question was so often brought up last year, because you know. Diversity and inclusion is mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. how, how do we do it? Um, how do we do it for real? How do we not tokenize it and do it for real? That is the question. Um, and it's like, put us in positions of power where our voice is heard. And, and it's not so much because at this point, I am just exhausted. If I literally do not want to answer the question, what is it like to be a black psalm? Because... Uh, it's just like uh, being a psalm, except uh, I have to have anti-frizz hair care product. I have to have <laughs> this fragrance-free Shea Moisture in my bag for these sellers that got all this humidity in it. Um, but it's the same. 
Um, I love Guy Berteau. I love Shannon Blanc. Um, I love Negronis because shift drink. Um, I love maps. Um, I love being a part of people's celebrations yes. of life yes. where you are part of their weddings, their dates, their marriages, their anniversaries. Working at Calicchio and Sons, I had a table. They were celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary. They were from Kansas, and they were very suspect when I came to the table. They were not very happy. They had had martinis, they had glasses of champagne, and then the wine list. And uh, they had already ordered. Husband was having steak, and the wife piped up. She's like Riesling, and his face just fell Happy wife, happy life. And so I asked her, I was just like, you know, what do you, what, what do you love about Riesling? And she was like, the sweetness, the fruit, and this and that. And he was just resigned. And I was just like, I'm about to. Can I, can I use this language? I was Please. like, I'm about to fuck him up. He's about to get the spate lazy knocked out of him. So, um, I'm going to kick you in your Auschlacer. Yes. So, um, Peter Lauer, senior ex, and so I poured it for her because she ordered it, and she loved it because it's Peter Lauer, and he tasted it, and I saw the angels come down, I could hear the music, I could hear the opening music of All I Do Is Think About You by Stevie Wonder, um, and his face, because Riesling came and got him. And I also brought him a glass of Cabernet from the bar because, to, to, because it's their anniversary. But to see people when wine transforms their life is the most power. It is the most Black Lives Matter thing in my life is to see the transformation of people through wine. Mm. You want to talk about black power? I can raise a fist in the dining room. I'll just be over here like this, except my gold medal for wine pimps. We're going to stop right there. We're going to finish right there. (laughs) Oh, my God. Marquita. We could just clown for hours. I have a new wine friend. Oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. Thank I'm going to so- have to just buy a lot of Pedialyte and Saltines because I, I think it's going to be all the bottles you you be, be no way. I'm like, oh, he's drinking that. I was like, he's drinking that? Oh, he's drinking that? No, that's the people I hang with. Um, <gasps> but anyway, um, definitely, please, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your just a it delight. It was such a pleasure. Tell people where they can find you, how they can be a part of what you're doing. Give them your Instagram handle and all your your, your volcanic. Tell, where, where, can, where can they get more Marquita? Uh, Marquita underscore grape lover. Um, I am currently doing actually a partnership with Tillamook right now. I'm about to drop some pairings tomorrow for them. I'm going to talk with Chef Josh Archibald tonight. And then I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons with my crew drinking, at 8 o'clock. Drinking what again? Um, the Elahe 2019 Viognier. Very nice. Oh, my God. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, tuning in. Until the next time, here's to the Mavericks, philosophers, deep thinkers, dancers, and wine drinkers. It's your boy, MJ. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. 
please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. 